0: when you're there click on the podcast button and if you enjoy the show please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter and you can do that at jmbnews.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft podcast. It is Sunday the 26th of May. We're here in the Guide Shack, I'm joined with uh, by Blake Towsley. How are we doing today, Blake?
1: Oh, just a great day in the Northwoods. It's just another great, great day, day in the Northwoods.
0: The snow at the top of the hill in the Masardis Glacier is on its last legs for the year. So we're just about snow-free here in Masardis. We're going to go
1: pick it up and put it in a cooler to save it.
0: Yeah, uh, because of
1: global warming, yeah. we're saving the Masardis Glacier. Throw it, in a, throw it in a freezer. They'll write books or about us one day. Yeah. Conservationists. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, and today we're going to talk about local knowledge. Um, but we've got a few things to get to before we get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. First, again, it is the 26th of May, coming up June 10th to 14th, the Global Bushcraft Symposium in Alberta. If you're listening to this, you should go to that. You can get all the details at Symposium. A lot of our friends will be there uh, attending and presenting. Um, I know neither of us can make it. We're way out here in the East Coast and it's just a long way to Alberta. I can't make it. Currently, in the middle of uh, just finished week four of the spring 2019 Wilderness Bushcraft semester. Um, And just can't get away, but will probably be kicking myself for the rest of my life
1: for
0: (laughs) not attending. I may even invent a machine that can kick me so I don't have to do it because I'm, you know. Lazy. Pretty
1: lazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: But yeah, you should definitely check that out. You should probably plan on attending uh, if you're able because uh, once in a lifetime thing, what a great stable of instructors and keynote speakers. And yeah, it should be pretty awesome. You should go.
1: Yeah, a lot of guys with a lot of knowledge hanging around there.
0: Yeah, a lot of guys and and gals with a lot of knowledge. Uh, So that's something. Uh, Secondly, if you're way out here on the East Coast like us and would like to attend, but it's too far away, on your calendar, Brushfire, October 11th to 13th here at the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Field School in Masardis, Maine. We're going to have a long weekend of bushcrafty stuff, guide stuff, just celebrating life in the Northwoods. There'll probably be some hot tents. There'll be some winter gear. There'll be some summer gear. And then immediately following, we're going to go do a a guide training instructor polling trip on the St. Croix River, which is the border between Maine and New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah, it's going to be great. That will be... It's a great river. Um, It's a great... It's probably the best fall run uh, because they drop the headwater lakes every fall. So there's consistent water really great. We'll do an 18-mile long section, lots of polling, lots of easy easy white water and a few more challenging bits thrown in, but a lot of learning going on um, on that trip. But yeah, so if you wanted to go wanted to go to uh Global Bushcraft Symposium couldn't make it, yeah, maybe come to Brushfire, but you shouldn't miss the Global Bushcraft Symposium. It'll probably be pretty awesome.
1: I think uh Christopher's doing a a lake trip uh the same time as the St. Croix polling. Yeah. He- so, so we'll if, have a
0: couple of options, depending on what you want to get into. Uh, I think you'll be out on one of our big local lakes here, just doing some canoe camping and things. And should be good. What is it, the beginning, middle of October, the water's probably still warm enough to swim during the heat of the day. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, But but no bugs. It's like yeah. that magic little shoulder season where you can live outdoors in this part of the world and not be either snowshoeing through 10-foot deep drifts or accosted by winged insects. <laughs> and there's not a lot of days like that, <laughs> no, right? no. like It's usually one or the other.
1: Um, yeah, so you got a new, picked up a new boat yesterday, or new to you. Yeah, new to me. I don't know how old it is. I'll have to check it out. I'll get the serial number, but it's a Mohawk. They don't make them anymore because uh, they made them out of Royal X, and since Royal X uh, doesn't exist anymore... They're, uh, I guess they're in a bit of uh, research and development trying to find their own type of like Royal X tough stuff, whatever. I guess they just don't have it right now. But 18 uh, footer, uh, I'm not sure of the model either. I think it might be an Intrepid, but the, the guy said it was 18 foot. I'll have to measure, see if it's 17, because I couldn't find an actual 18 on the internet. But I'm pretty excited about it. It needs a bit of work, but uh, pretty decent deal on it. Gave me a whole bunch of stuff with it. Canoe chair, New Brunswick uh, type pole, which is tapered at both ends, but it's got a shoe on one. Uh, A bunch of life jackets that I'll never use and some paddles. Safety equipment. Who needs that? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I just tossed it. Tossed it out the window after I left. Threw it in the river.
0: (laughs) There you go. Yeah, no, it looks like a nice boat. Uh, Even if it's 17 feet in actual length, I think you should call it the 17, 18 footer.
1: Yeah, I'm going to call it that anyway. It's got a little little mount for the kicker on the back, which uh, I'm lazy. So I'm probably going to give up paddling totally. Going to have to go get an outboard. Yeah, have to. I just like using fossil fuels. The more, the better.
0: Right. I mean, I like
1: dinosaurs. Yeah, and exactly. I want to have them around yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I like the smell of dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make. Uh, yeah, like we were talking about yesterday, it certainly makes fishing a lot easier if you have a little yeah. kicker. Uh, Love
1: canoeing and everything, but sometimes you know you got to have the right stuff for uh, the right. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Right activity. tool for the job, yeah. right?
0: And we, uh, we can thank Bob the Builder for that. Yeah, He true. had a song about the right tool for the job. Oh, did he? I never heard it. But, well, uh, my kids, my son, when he was a toddler, really liked Bob the Builder. So I only heard it 60 million times. Because um, we all know little kids like to watch their shows and then watch them on repeat over and over and over again. Um, so we got that going for us. <laughs> Thanks, Bob the Builder. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so today we were sitting around having coffee this morning and came up with the, uh, we had a a kind of a robust conversation (laughs) about uh, a wide variety of things. And we were thinking about what would be, what would our audience find interesting to listen to? And I think we came up with about, um, you know, we were talking about reality TV and its impact on what people learn and how they learn and what their expectations are for learning. Yeah. And I want to go on record here. Uh, and I've seen several people list themselves as this, or, you know, their sort of uh, tagline behind their name is they're a global survival expert. And I want to say on record here that that is total bullshit. Yeah. Uh, that all survival, all bushcraft is local. Yes. Right? The knowledge is all local. Some of it might transfer to different areas, but the whole idea that like I can, you know, anywhere on earth, yeah. I'm really good to go. Like I'm as good in the desert as I am in the jungle, as I am in the Arctic, like no. no. Certain things will transfer, like certain skill sets. Like if you can light a fire in the jungle, you know, you might be able to be better at it in the woods of yeah, The concepts are there. Yeah, the concepts are there. But the idea that the details yeah. are what really matter. Yeah right? Like it's, everything is details. For example, for me here at the field school in Northern Maine, uh, you know, the, the materials that I'm going to use, the way that I'm going to go about lighting a fire will be different. If I only drive like down to the coast and there's way more hardwoods and stuff, yeah. it's just a lot, you know, the, the methods that you will use are a lot different. And that's only, you know, a two hour, three hour drive. Um, you know, let alone like, uh, you know, the same, skill set, jungle, boreal forest, desert, like... It, yeah. It, it, it transfers. And we were talking about, you know, how how transferable would skills be like if we went to the desert southwest and is there stuff that you could learn there that you could you transfer to this back. environment? And yeah. yeah, I don't know.
1: You could probably pick something up, the concept, and like tweak it so it would work here, but I don't know if it's like, you know, the woods are so different and the hand drills. Hand drills a perfect example. Yeah. You know, you can get a hand drill in this area, but it's not like getting a hand drill down in Arizona.
0: Right. So if you're listening, uh, I've done, I think around 1500 hand drill fires in my life. The vast majority were at our place in New Hampshire when we used to run programs there, you know, I used to, uh, 1995, I think I got my first hand drill coal and then I would do it, uh, you know, a coal a day or two coals a day for months and months Um, Just to try to really hone in on that skill and got to be pretty competent with it and, you know, continued that for a number of years. And then come up here, it's a little colder, the species are a little different, it's a lot damper and wetter, and it's not a super viable uh, firelighting thing. It's not something that I feel like I could rely on.
1: No, like break through the ice and I'm going to go find what... What would you find to make a hand drill in winter? In, nothing. In, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're along the railroad like, track Like, if, if, you if you're planning, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not going to bring a lighter. I'm just going to... If I fall through the ice, I'll just whip up a hand drill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me how it goes. Yeah. I'll be interested to hear the story. Come
0: to my funeral because I will be dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, things like that. That. that so the idea is that that the not only the different skill sets, but the, the details that make the skills work, it's all localized. It's not the idea of... Uh, Again, you're the hand drill expert and you know, you're know you going to go to the Arctic and, and do it and go to the jungle and do it. and No, that, that's just not how stuff works. It's much more localized. Everything is local.
1: Just grab a cattail and an old piece of punked uh, poplar and you're good to go. Right. Just like nothing. Yeah. It's magic.
0: It's magic. No, it's not. It doesn't work like that. Um, again not to say that it's you can't do it you can definitely do it but Mm -hmm. it's just way harder here it's just and you know as you get further north and the different species maybe you don't have the right species for it so it's always good i think to look at um, history anthropological studies of the native people Mm -hmm. in a certain region who lived and evolved there and hey what did they use yeah how did they accomplish certain tasks because they will have had the benefit of a long period of time in that environment and you know they probably whatever was written down at the time of uh, contact whenever was probably what i mean i'm sure that they used everything over the course of human history but what was written down is probably through the process of trial and error over a couple thousand years like hey this works the best let's yeah. use this yeah um you know which isn't to say that it's not useful to study a wide variety of different techniques but you know there's there's you know, local knowledge is good knowledge, it, it, yeah. you know? Anyway. Um, and that, I think that goes for, you know, we're, we're Pretty using much everything. skills and knowledge, but I think tools are yeah. the same way. You were talking about a, a uh, thing, you know, like some of the really well-made Grand Forest Swedish axes. Yeah, they're not
1: they're not made for like a hardwood forest or like a West Coast forest. They're just not big enough. They don't have the right uh, angle on the uh, bit. And, it's, I don't know, you know, you take a grand forest, small forest axe, and you head it out to, like, northern BC. It's probably not the best choice. Or even in this area, you know, smash into a hardwood maple, and it just chips the the edge off your axe. and I don't know. And, you know you're sold uh, a bill of goods, it's, this one axe will do everything for you. But it's just, yeah, it's good for Scandinavian softwoods up in the Northern boreal forest where you're not dealing with maples and ash and whatnot. But
0: no, yeah. again, not to say you can't make it work. Yeah, it'll work. Well, I can make ideal. anything work. It's not ideal. Yeah. So, you know, that idea of, uh, and that's, you know, that's sort of like the trendy, the bushcraft act. Yeah. It's like somebody said it was like the, uh, the, the bushcraft one oh one guys said it was like the Honda civic of, the outdoor uh, tools, yeah. right? Like everybody's got one in the driveway sort of thing.
1: On that note, I just want to <laughs> say something. I just, uh, this morning, a bush crap started following me on, on Instagram. on Instagram, and, uh, I've got a penchant for liquor and violence, so I better never get memed. <laughs> I just want to put that out there right now.
0: Uh, actually those, uh, that guy, uh, we've been con- talking to them and, uh, I think we're going to do a podcast with him at some point. We're just trying
1: to figure out the logistics, so uh,
0: keep up the good work if you guys are listening. Logistically,
1: I think uh, meeting up on horseback would probably be the best.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently, yeah. you know, in order to remain anonymous, they're going to blindfold me. It's yeah. going to be like one of those... Uh, you like know, a
1: hostage situation. Right. No, well, they're
0: going to be... You know those TV shows where, like, the, the mafia informant, it's, like, dark? Yeah. And then they speak through that okay, thing so their okay. voice is yeah. all... Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So I think we're we're in talks to do that. We've got some security professionals working well, on Well, I
1: hear there's a lot of people angry about their them laughing at flat lays. <laughs> I personally love a flat lay. <laughs> I love just laying on the ground. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think that should be the uh, like a flat lay photo for, yeah. for next Friday. Just somebody laying on the ground as flat as they could. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. You can't
1: get that flat unless no. you're like really thin. But
0: what if you could dig a hole. <laughs> Even flatter. And then you would be right at ground level. That'd be
1: pretty flat. And if you were laying down. <laughs> can't get any flatter than laying down in a hole. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, but so the the idea of like the one axe that's the best everywhere in the world. The one knife, tool, the yeah. one knife. Or that you
1: only need one knife.
0: Yeah. I mean, you don't need 700 different no. knives. But if you've job, like if I'm carving wood, I want a knife that's going to be yeah, a certain exactly. way. And if I'm filleting a fish or something, maybe I want something a little bit different. Again, like I've cleaned a lot of trout with, with you yeah. know. With any knife. But, you know, the idea of just, this is the only thing you need to get everything done. And again, with tools, like with axes, like we were talking about, um, you know, with skills and skill sets, maybe look at the history and the anthropology. With tools, for example, here in Northern Maine... Um, I like to look at, you know, guys lived in these woods and made their living cutting wood with an axe yeah. for a what number did they use? of generations. What, what
1: kind of axe did they use? Because maybe that's the axe that you would want to use.
0: Right, because, I mean, through trial and error, they probably had a whole bunch of different ones. And then uh, eventually they settled on what's now kind of known as the main pattern yeah. axe, like a real simple triangular, no bells and whistles um, you know, and if you find some old ones, real good steel, but yeah, that's probably a good starting place rather than, Hey, this is the, the number one global Bushcraft super axe or, yeah, you know, that sort of malarkey. Don't believe the hype. Yeah. I think it was uh public enemy.
1: I'm not sure. I'm not up in on uh, my Eight, country music knowledge. 80s rap. 80s oh, eighties rap. rap.
0: Yeah, Don't believe the hype. Anyway, don't believe the hype. <laughs> 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 and we were talking too about uh you know we have some mutual friends in the survival like uh, tv industry season one of bear grills show man vs. wild um you know i worked on the alaska mountain range episode as the my official title was survival expert mm-hmm. um, but uh super guys, super nice people just a great experience all the way around um you know and and guys like that are on tv to entertain yeah. but sort of the 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 myth that they will portray is that you know they're out there kind of by themselves they know everything about every environment so that's another little bit of this sort of global expert bit that yeah. it's a total myth and if you if you ever you know meet those guys you sit down with them and have a coffee or something. They'll tell you, you know, every time there's always a local guy who knows all the local resources because yeah. I think it's beyond the ability of one person to
1: to know, you know. You're just going to be studying, like, like how much money do you have to travel to these places and just live off the land for various amounts of time? Yeah, and and you know, it
0: takes it takes a long period of time to learn one place. Exactly. So to think that you have, I, the, I wouldn't
1: consider myself an expert of the boreal forest, and I've lived there my entire life
0: right so, but so the idea yeah. is like yeah so you don't know every plan no exactly everything, yeah but then to think you know that for multiple locations, yeah exactly it's ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah. and those guys you know the i think the tv guys would they would agree with you oh yeah because i mean they understand what their job yeah. is uh, well they're
1: entertainers yeah that's what i don't understand like people are like oh, i can't believe what he's teaching people right if you're taking what bear Girls does seriously you're an idiot like, he's an entertainer. It's entertaining stuff. And, yeah. And he's a great... He's probably and a great guy. He and he's a great an entertainer. Guy. He's a great guy. <laughs> like, and he's really I don't good understand, like... Well, did you see what he did on your show? Yeah. You watched that movie? That guy <laughs> did something stupid, too. Like, it, it's entertainment. Right. Kittle. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, people need to kind
0: of get yeah, over the... Yeah. Get over yourself. Get over yourselves <laughs> with that. With, like, pointing out the flaws <laughs> of TV, yeah. TV yeah. guys. Yeah, it's made to
1: be entertaining You followed me and uh, you around in the bush for a week with a camera it probably wouldn't be that entertaining. No. Oh, they got up in the morning, built a fire and had coffee. Oh, did they paddle there? Wow. You know, they yeah. didn't tip. Yeah. Oh. Like it, it's not necessarily entertainment.
0: Yeah, like real survival stuff or real living in the woods. There's no drama, there's no excitement. Well, there's so, lots of drama. Well, interpersonal drama. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's no drama. It would be bad TV.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, it would just wouldn't be interesting. Yeah, it would be boring. And since like, People you that watch... make these shows are probably in the business of making money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we put together this great show about these two guys and they went in the bush and they had a really good time and they, you know, they laughed a bit and drank some coffee and I think it's really going to do good. Yeah. Like, no. Most boring <laughs> TV ever. But I guess that's what YouTube is for, right? You can. 15 minutes of you reading a book. Oh, what book's he reading? <laughs> he stopped to check his phone. Okay, very nice. That's yeah, <laughs> great. Uh, yeah. Uh, and again,
0: uh, along those same lines, like, People were kind of piling on. I don't know if it still goes on. I, I'm kind of out of the loop with all that stuff. Um, but, you know, people pile on the guy whose face you see on camera. But he's not the guy calling the shots. No, he's not no, the guy writing the script. No. He's the guy who shows up. He's game. Yeah. The producer has the storyline, right? And they know what they want to get. And here's a guy, and I'll use Bear Grills again. Like, great guy, personable guy. And he's just game to do whatever yeah. crazy
1: stuff they yeah, come yeah, up exactly. with.
0: So, yeah. So, he, he's not the one. Like, if you have anger at that sort of uh (laughs) turn off your tv turn off your tv for (laughs) one but also realize that he's he's the he's the face of the show but there are a lot of other people behind the scenes who are coming up with these things for him to do
1: he's probably crying into his bag of money at night about your opinion anyway (laughs) no No, not your (laughs) opinion
0: super guy All, all of the stuff that i've had all the interactions i've had with reality tv has been super Positive, and we have an awesome track record here at Jack Mountain with our alumni going on and just just hitting home runs on these shows. Uh, you know, Sam Larson recently winning alone, loan. Uh, Ryan Holt, uh, UConn, crushing it on Naked and Afraid, time after time after time. Um, Jens Rasmussen I'd like to do Naked Africa. Afraid but
1: just with another guy I just think that would be just be better yeah just, me and you do it and instead we'll just, of we'll just,
0: like, just being in the bush we'll just drive naked and yeah, go on a I, road trip yeah I just... <laughs> but there can't be any booths because then we'd get arrested
1: <laughs> I'll just charge up the iPhone and we'll go <laughs> for a week in the bush naked just be fun yeah the bugs would well last week the bugs would yeah well we just have to cuddle up Oh, wouldn't help with the bugs but yeah it would just help with morale. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, so the idea of like uh, the global expert and the global skill set. Yeah, not yeah. real. It's a myth. Yeah. While there may be crossover, like, hey, you know, maybe there isn't crossover. So like maybe the way that I light a fire here in Maine or or in Alaska, hey, maybe that would work in the desert. I'm not saying it wouldn't, but I'm not saying yeah, it, it would. would yeah. It Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. So as an instructor like on courses we as humans always want to like uh come up with like rules and laws right so i get asked a lot like uh so if we're demonstrating you know how to harvest the lower branches of balsam fir in order to make a twig bundle fire you know someone will ask hey does this work everywhere does this work you know we have uh works in the tundra pretty
1: good we've had students from (laughs) all over right
0: hey would this work where i live and like I always say, I don't know, because I don't know, you know, unless you've been there yeah. and done it, it it's so... You I think assume
1: it's, if there's conifers in the area, it may work.
0: Right. But I think that the, you know, in order to make ourselves sound important, we want us to see, come up with these rules and laws and we're like, this will work 100% of the time and 100% of locations. Yeah. When, how would you know? How could you know? You can't. Right? So... So I am always very hesitant at this point in my life when people say, would you say this always works, right? And I will, you know, I've been pinned down in the past where I would make an offhand comment. People would think it was sort of a law or, you know, the gospel. And then they're like, but you said before. So in order to avoid those situations now, I never agree to any of that. Like, would you say that? No, no, I won't. No. (laughs) And it just saves you a little bit of grief by not having to have someone angrily come after you later. You know, what you said is wrong. Like, well, well, probably most of the things I say are wrong. (laughs) I don't think I've ever said anything right. Right. Uh, Anyway, so that's a useful... (laughs) That's a life skill, though, that's bigger than bushcraft. Don't agree to stuff. Don't let them pin you down. But, yeah, just overgeneralizing. And I have a theory about that. So there's a lot of these myths. And I think we had an episode back in the day of the podcast where we talked about myths. And one of my favorite ones, one of my when favorite When was the myths, day? Back in the day? Yeah, it but when, when was when Tuesday. It? Oh, okay. okay. But back in my day, my day, the day was Tuesday. My day was Monday. So okay. back in my day, which okay. is every Monday.
1: Okay. Uh, okay.
0: And it's Sunday now, so it's not my day. Yeah. Tomorrow, though. Yeah, it's
1: my day. Must be getting excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Like a kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> So there's that old saying, uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably interested in outdoor stuff. And you've probably heard at least some old book or somebody reference that moss always grows on the north side of a tree. Right. So my theory about that, and this is where that sort of overgeneralizing and stuff is. So I have a theory that, um, you know, way back in the day, there was probably and I always for some reason in my mind, it's always the Catskills. It's always upstate New York. So there was a writer from New York City and some old woodsman in the Catskills. And they were in a little valley between two mountains. And the old woodsman pointed at moss growing on a tree. And he had spent his life there. And he looked. And in that little valley, in that specific spot, maybe just on that specific tree, that old woodsman could use it to navigate by. And he pointed at it and he'd say, look, moss. It's growing on the north side of the tree. Right? But the writer, in my mind, as I like to think of this story... The writer added one little word to it to make a a generalized law about it. He said moss always Mm -hmm. grows on the north side of the tree. So to the woodsman who knew that specific locality, right? Yeah. Yeah, moss grows in in this little valley. Moss grows on the north side of the tree because maybe there's a cliff there and it gets no light from the north side. And, you know, who knew? But, you know, when when you try to turn it into a law, when you try to turn localized knowledge into like a general law or a general rule, that's where the problems come in. So I think, you know, as enthusiasts of outdoor living and traditional skills, we need to be okay with the idea that a lot of this stuff, you know, knowing a truly knowing a place, truly knowing like a local area is, is not, you can't, maybe, maybe you can't generalize and use that knowledge base in the whole world mm-hmm. over. You know, you think about like where you grew up, your hometown By the time you're, you know, if you had a rural childhood in the 70s, 80s, 90s, whenever, and, you know, you were out on the land fishing, you know, for me, I remember riding my bike. I knew exactly how long it would take me to ride my bike to each little trout hole, all that stuff. So, you know, by the time you're done with that, you have a ton of very specialized local knowledge. Like, we would all probably be an amazing, you know, local guide in our hometown where we grew up because you knew everything about everywhere. Every
1: trail, every hunting hole, every fishing hole. Everything.
0: Everything. But, you know, it, it. we want to generalize that. And again, a lot of that stuff will transfer to other places. But not all of it. You know, so that... I think that's important to... I think it's an, an important thing to make. That, you know, if you go on a course in the desert southwest, you know, you're going to learn some things that may transfer really well to where you live. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. But, but you can't count on all nope. of it transferring. You know. And I think that's an important... That's an important thing to know.
1: Well, even just... Uh... Like the variations in snowshoes, for different tribes in different areas, right? Like the snowshoes down here aren't the same as up in uh, northern Quebec, right? It's right. Just a different environment. Snows different, seasons are different.
0: So yeah, with snowshoes specifically, if you you get old books on snowshoes, each region had their own like size yeah. and shape and frame style, and they were you know well adapted to the local climate conditions. And nowadays we have this homogenization of outdoor yeah. gear and they One sell thing it. for everything. Right. They're the greatest snowshoe ever. Yeah. Like, well, you know, it's either going to be good in kind of icy packed conditions or it's going to be really good in super deep light powder. Yeah. It's, it's it, never going it, to be good at both. No. Um, but that's, you know, when you go to the stores now that they try to sell you yeah. these things that are like, it's the only, you know, product All, X you'll yeah. ever need. Yeah. And it just, in the real world, it doesn't exist. Mm. Right. Like if we went from, you know, super thick mountainous brush country in like northern Quebec, super deep snow, super thick brush, really steep little hills. That's going to be a whole different animal than if we're out like on the tundra in Alaska yeah. or something. And, and you look at the snowshoes and they're vastly different. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the, that's the kind of the metaphor. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of the same for everything. That I think it's important, you know, with, with uh, axes, with knives, with snowshoes. You know, with canoes, for example, sizes and shapes and things. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. Yeah, like... Canoes is another
1: great one. Oh, there's just not just one canoe. No. You know what I mean? But
0: Edward Tap and Adney's book, The Bark and Skin Boats yeah. of North America, where he goes through and, you know, in this region, this was the boat they used. And it was because of yeah. size and shape and building materials. And, you know, what are they trying to do? Like a like a 20-foot Passamaquoddy ocean canoe yeah. <laughs> is going to be different than like a little teeny thing that you're going to use to float out into a into a Marsh to shoot a duck yeah. with or something, you know, like it's just different.
1: Do you ever read his uh, journals? No, I'll pick them up for you next time in uh, that little uh, pioneer town close to me, King's Landing. Pretty good. They're pretty interesting. Huh? Pretty, real interesting. I
0: think you've mentioned it before. I'm probably have to get my hands on it. Uh, well, first I'd have to learn how to read.
1: Well, and then I could. One step journals. at a time, they say. <laughs> I'll read them to you when we go on our naked trip. Oh, lovely. it'll be nice by candlelight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what we were wanting to talk about today. Just all knowledge is local and that, that the myth of the one piece of gear or the bit of knowledge that's going to be universal in scope is is just that. It is a myth. Yeah.
1: That uh well even just the the idea of like oh I'm going to go into the bush with my knife, which is all based off Rambo first blood. Yeah. It, it's guaranteed. Like nobody in their right mind would leave like their camp to venture off for long times in the forest without a large amount of stuff, like food.
0: Wait, what do you mean nobody? I saw John Rambo do that. Well, like nobody York but times. John Rambo,
1: but he was forced into it. He didn't choose that. It was that small town sheriff. Yeah. All he wanted was but, a ride. Yeah. No, just was, wasn't someplace to eat, I thought. Oh, all he, just he wanted, wanted was something to eat. eat yeah. But they had to push him. They kept pushing him. They, they drew First Blood. They drew First Blood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what an awesome movie, though. Like, the first one. Oh, yeah, I saw it as a kid. Like, yeah. It was just yeah. epic.
1: That and Revenge of the Nerds. Those two top movies ever. <laughs> first Blood and Revenge of the Nerds.
0: Ah, oh, the 80s. It was a simpler time.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Um...
0: Yeah, so I guess that kind of wraps it up. Another just a couple other little current events things. The uh, again, the Masardis Glacier is just about done. The bugs are just. We about will save it out. though.
1: We will save it, and we will be selling small vials of it for exceedingly large amounts of money.
0: Oh yeah, um, and there's no guarantee that that wasn't just tap water that we froze in a in a freezer. Well,
1: there's a slight guarantee that it's not, but it's yeah, but it's unenforceable. No.
0: So those would be. It high depends high. on how
1: much we sell. If we go over the amount that we have, we're going to have to start lying.
0: Yeah. We would never do that.
1: Because I'm all about money. (laughs) Not so much integrity, money. What is that word?
0: Integrity?
1: Somebody told it to me once that I never had it. Yeah, Yeah, so great.
0: Well, thank you for spending this time with us, our little Sunday morning coffee talk. Hope you enjoyed it. If you found this podcast useful, uh, share it with somebody. Give us a review. Send it to a friend. um, Whatever. Help spread the word if you like it and if you don't that's okay too so thanks for listening hope you have a great day you have been listening to the jack mountain bushcraft podcast for more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and gi bill approved visit us on the web at j a c k m t n